1: Daily Thrones is on the air for today. What have you got? What's your theories? What's your thoughts? What's your speculations? We got some good stuff coming at you today and starts with a nice message.
0: Hey, Kenzo, this isn't related to anything you said, but I just wanted to thank you uh, for what you're doing with Daily Thrones. I mean, I have watched Game of Thrones for several seasons, but this year was super special because... I mean, I, I talk with some friends about Game of Thrones and uh, the week after the episode comes out and I discuss things with them. But this was really different. I got more engaged. Uh, it was awesome hearing all all the different opinions, uh, your opinion, your analysis, all the different theories that people have. I don't know. I, I really liked this uh, conversation, this interaction between all the Daily Throne's Uh, fans and game of thrones fans and you Uh, so yeah thank you for doing that and keep up the great work i just wanted to say that
1: thanks for the call in santiago and let me tell you something no it's a big thank you Uh, Thank you, Santiago, with all your calls, your thoughts, your theories and speculations, and your engagement. And a lot of of the listeners here, we have regular callers, we have new callers still coming in. And, you know, the season has ended, so the interest in Game of Thrones wanes a little bit, then it starts picking up. and We have a long time to wait until Season 8, but there's so much to talk about. And I talk about Game of Thrones a lot on a lot of podcasts I've hosted. The Night is Dark, and Screen Junkies Watching Thrones, still going with Collider's Thrones talk. And those are great things with some professional pundits that are fun to do. And we take tweets, we take emails, we take uh, phone calls over on watching Thrones when I was there. We took Skype calls. And it was always fun to listen to the fans. But uh, this is all about your guys' voice here on Anchor. That's why when I signed on with Anchor, it was to try something new out. It was another avenue to talk Game of Thrones. But what I've discovered, this isn't just a place for me to come talk about Game of Thrones. It's a place for not just all of us. But it's, it's for me to learn from you guys. It's uh, a chance for me to, yeah, be a professional broadcaster, punditine about Game of Thrones, but it's to hear you guys who have different takes, different experiences, different views, different theories, different speculations, and different levels of knowledge, and we come here and celebrate it and learn. And that is why uh, this is a very earnest speech here, very earnest thank you to all you guys who've made Daily Thrones on Anchor of success, number one. But two fun it's something i look forward to i wish i could do it uh, more during the day It's sometimes i i have a day job life all that stuff a collider and it gets in the way and sometimes uh i get like now broadcasting a little late in the evening here on the west coast for me but i love checking in and seeing all your guys' phone calls that's why i encourage it i want you guys to have a place to come together and celebrate and react to each other find each other on twitter uh, communicate and come here to anchor and daily thrones to uh, celebrate game of thrones the best we can game of thrones is a water cooler show and this is our new water cooler so thank you santiago and thank you all who have called in and we'll continue to call in on daily thrones
0: what's up daily thrones people and what's up ken how you doing uh, just thought i would share with everyone i just got back from one of our local establishments And they were having a Game of Thrones trivia night. And I'm proud to say that my team, which consisted of myself and another gentleman, we won the grand prize because we knew our stuff. And I was just wondering, uh, anybody else out there, you guys participate in Game of Thrones trivia nights? Do any of your local establishments do that? Ken, have you been to any Game of Thrones trivia nights? Uh, I guarantee you, you would absolutely dominate uh i'm just curious out there anybody want to you know share any sort of stories uh do you get out there do you hone in your skills and demonstrate your ultimate knowledge of the show we love so much
1: Game of Thrones trivia is what Mark is calling in about, and I have no doubt that Mark and his uh, partner of any uh, choosing in a Game of Thrones trivia contest would do good. Mark's calls have always been great here on Anchor, full of knowledge drops that are uh, stuff that I learned from as well, and I hope you guys do too. Uh, as far as me competing in Game of Thrones trivia, I, I'm pretty sure I do okay and do well and maybe even win depending on the competition but i'll tell you what there's a lot of times if you if it's book if it's book related i i might struggle more than people would think even though i've read all the books and studied them and all that good stuff uh it's it's a game of thrones thing of similar to lord of the rings where lord of the rings trivia i love those uh, i love the movies the peter jackson movies uh hobbits all right let's not talk about that but i don't I don't do good even on even if it's just movie trivia about Lord of the Rings because I don't retain it as much as I do Star Wars. Star Wars, I'm the movie trivia showdown champion. Still uh, am at this time for Star Wars trivia. I uh, won that at Star Wars Celebration this past year, and it's something I'm proud of. But I also, I just Star Wars stuff just sticks to my brain. It just sticks to it e- easier than other things. Now Game of Thrones is something I do know a lot about. I'd be curious. I haven't competed in Game of Thrones trivia. I have competed in the past on uh, Game of Thrones debates, on Screen Junkies TV fights, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I, uh, I I would love to give it a go. Maybe somehow, someway, Mark, maybe one day you and I will team up and we'll take some Game of Thrones trivia contests around the globe. I don't know. Is that possible? What have you guys done? Have you guys competed? I'm sure if you're listening to Daily Thrones in general, you're going to be very good at Game of Thrones trivia. But have you competed? Have you won? Tell us all about it here on Daily Throne.
0: Hey, Ken. So I think Clagamble is going to happen one of two ways on the show. Either the Mountain's going to get possessed by the Night King and, have to, and the Hound's going to have to fight him on the battlefield, or the Hound is going to fight the Mountain at the end of the season when the armies of the North and Daenerys go down and have to fight Cersei after the battle against the Nightwalkers is over. Now, I think what's most likely going to happen is that the Hound is going to overcome his fear of fire and learn that that's how the Mountain can be defeated, by being lit on fire like the regular Whites. I like Billy's take on what the Clegane Bowl might
1: end up meaning and what might be at stake. I, number one, just like the idea that, yeah, this might have to come at the end of the season when Danny, John, and that team turn south for King's Landing. And if Cersei survived, then maybe it's that. Maybe they defeat the Night King and then have to go settle up down in King's Landing and the Hound and the Mountain could meet then. The idea of the Night King also uh, possessing the Mountain in some kind of fashion could be interesting as well. But I like the biggest takeaway from Billy's call and Billy's prediction is this idea that the Hound may have to overcome his fear of fire, a fear put into him. By the mountain, of course, when the mountain burned him as a child. So we've seen several times fire and wildfire, and that we forget, really affect the Hound. He's had to overcome it once. I thought he almost did when he defeated Beric Dundarian, but Beric rose again, and now Beric and him are kind of pals. Kind of, sort of. And we saw Thoros Amir pass away, killed by the zombie bear in large part, let's admit, because the Hound couldn't act. The fire, the bear, everything, too much to take. I think that fear of fire is still very much there, and I think the Hound has that right after what happened to him. But I can see, and maybe that fight with the bear, with the burning zombie bear, sets up what will happen, that the Hound's going to have to overcome it, and the only way the Mountain can truly be defeated, whether he's possessed by the Night King or maybe just because he's pretty impossible to kill right now, is by fire. And that will be part of the hound's journey. It's a good idea, a long-played lesson to learn for the hound. Hey, Ken, Um, kind of coming out of the fog of the last episodes and starting to think forward. And because we have all of this time, one of the things I've been wondering is like, what is the Night King's motivation? Now, admittedly, I have not read the books, so I would love to hear from those who have read them. Maybe there's a little more on that. But I feel like in the show, we never really get a clear sense of what he's after. Um, I mean, he has an army of dead people like they're. They're not really going to do anything. They're just dead. They can't even be fun to hang out with. Um, So anyway, I'm just wondering, what's his motivation? What's the end game? Is it just total world domination by, you know, dead zombies? Or is there something deeper? We'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Thanks. Grace with a great call, an absolute wonderful call about the Night King's motivation. Now... I'm going to need a lot of your guys' help out there. I want some conversation. We can post these calls on tomorrow's episodes of Daily Thrones about what we think the Night King is trying to accomplish. Now, Grace did mention, hey, she hasn't read the books. Maybe there's more perspective in the books about the Night King. You know what? Uh, not really. Because the Night King was more of a show thing, and the Night King has been uh, the you know revealed in the show. It might happen in the books. We might see the Night King, but we know of the Night King in the book... Uh, And that is um, the 13th Lord Commander of the Night's Watch, who maybe t- uh, slept with a female uh, white walker or, or referred to of course as the others in the book it's legend, it's from the age of heroes it's tied into the long night and George R. R. Martin himself has said the Night's King, told in those legends, would no more be alive today than Bran the Builder or Lan the Clever or any of their age of heroes characters, which is from the past thousands of years ago in Game of Thrones now some of that mythology is in play in the show, obviously. The Long Night, Prince of Promise, Azor Ahai, all that kind of stuff. But we're going to have more discussions about Azor Ahai and the mythology of, of uh, Azor Ahai uh, on other episodes. We've got some great calls about that waiting to, to be posted. But as far as the Night King, uh, you know, again, not really in the books yet. So we don't know his endgame. It's a guessing game from us fans. There could be a lot of things Is it just a matter of he is evil He is the enemy of the lord of light And the lord of light uh, he is the great other And this is a battle for control of the earth Say Satan versus God Anything you want to do, uh, go for in those religious realms Maybe it's something like that And there's just the night king wants to make it all winter filled with zombies, and he just wants to sit there, as Grace said, with these boring people. Maybe that's his motivation. Maybe there's some kind of twist. It's like the old uh, urban legend of, you know, a car was being followed by a big rig, and and the car driver was terrified because the big rig was honking, flashing his lights, and it looked like they were menacing. And then they pull off on the side of the road, and the driver of the truck's like, hey, there's someone in the back trying to get you. The ghost is in the house. Maybe the Night King is here, To warn. Maybe he's here to take over and save them from the Lord of Light because the Lord of Light is the actual bad guy. Maybe there's some big twist. Uh, It wouldn't seem that way because the Night King has already done a good share of killing more than his share, I would say, and there's nothing nice about him. You would have think that he'd wave at John instead of menacingly staring at him. Um, if the Night King is Brandon Stark uh, time-traveling, then that would change his motivations as well. I think it just might be simple. In my headcanon, the Night King just wants to take over all the world, including Essos, And just make it his own. And then not really care about what he has to do. Maybe he'll sit on the Iron Throne. Maybe the Night King will tour the Seven Kingdoms. Maybe the Night King will make the Seven. I don't know. But I think it just might be simple good versus evil. We'll see, though. Is there a twist? Is it just simply this? And will it play out differently in the books? That is what is at uh, uh, the heart of this question. How... How does the Night King see this world? What is his end game? What is his motivation? And I want you guys. It's a call to action. I want some theories on this. What do we think the Night King is really after? We'll post those calls tomorrow. Thank you, Grace, for calling in with that great call. That's how it works here on Daily Thrones. You guys call. We all theorize, speculate, and have some fun talking about Game of Thrones.
0: I just wanted to echo Santiago's thoughts. Uh, This was the first time that I watched the show week to week because I binge-watched seasons 1 through 6. And what helped me get through the days in between the episodes was calling in to the station, listening to everybody else's opinions and Ken's opinions, and it was a nice sense of community that you don't normally get with a regular podcast platform. So, can't wait for what's coming next in season 8. I'm sure we'll all enjoy the uh, off-season on Anchor, and I will like to once again pledge my allegiance and my sword to House Napsock. If I remember correctly, you said the words were, Where is the food?